Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And I am excited because today we're going to talk about three tools that can help you grow that are underlined by one principle. There is no path forward without pain. It sounds exciting. No, it doesn't. But it really is exciting. I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. I'm hoping that you will just grab these and run with them. It's going to be exciting. All right, let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. Let's kick it off. What are we going to talk about today? What I'd like to talk about is I have a question, serious question here. Maybe there's a foodie out there who listens to this show, why does frothed creamer taste better than unfrothed creamer? And here's the thing, I'd like to ask the people in my life, but some of the people in my life make fun of me for frothing my cream, uh, so I can't do that. Um, So if you have an answer to that question, please text it into me. Yes, I could Google search it, but I'm tired of Google knowing everything I do from when I go to the bathroom to when I brush my teeth, so I'm trying to stay off of them. Although now I'm talking into a microphone connected to my computer, so they're probably listening, and I could just go ahead and do it. But I'm hoping that somebody out there knows, because this is a serious question that has been on my mind lately. Uh, We could also talk about the Baseball Hall of Fame, the fact that no one got in this year, and what that means, and why that matters or doesn't matter. We're not going to talk about any of that. What we're actually going to talk about is three tools for your toolbox that I think will help you grow, no matter where you're at. They'll help you enhance your life. They'll help you grow. They will help you move forward into the change process in your life. But you need to know that these start with a presupposition that you will reach a certain part of your life where there's just not an option to be pain-free anymore. You will reach a certain part of life where there is simply not an option to be pain-free anymore. A lot of times what I see is people make unhealthy decisions, including myself. If I'm making an unhealthy decision, a lot of times that is rooted in this idea of I can avoid pain. And the truth is I can't. Most of the time, once we get into a place where growth is required, there has to be some level of acceptance of pain. And when we try to avoid the pain, usually the pain will be worse. And life is is really very full of examples like this. I'm going to give you one. You know, I'm a business owner. I'm a business owner with my wife, and we live in a small town. Uh, Everybody knows us. We know everybody. Not really, but that's what it feels like. We hire people we know sometimes or that we have overlapping circles, right? And and one of the areas that has been a, a, a huge opportunity for growth for us in the 10 years that we've owned this business is to learn to fire more quickly because you don't want people to be mad at you. You don't want people to dislike you. Uh, we, we actually had people, um, we, we had a, just one example. We had a person who I was like, I think we need to fire. I think we need to fire. I think we need to fire. And, and then that person ended up getting a different job and left and that was fine. So I didn't have to fire. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I'm speaking at a funeral and I walk out into the lobby and she's, this person says to me, I like this Joe better than the one I work for. I looked at looked at this person and I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't say that, but I wanted to be like, hey, you know what? I have all this data of how you didn't work when you said you were working. You actually were doing these other things. You were watching streaming services. You were doing these things. 
I didn't say all of that, but here's the thing. I didn't lessen my pain by not firing her when I should have. I actually probably made it worse. Because that creates more momentum for trouble. And so I've learned, I've got to talk to people more quickly. Uh, with interns, I, I, I work with interns and, and I've learned to just say, hey, look, this isn't going well. You're not doing very well right now. And I know that's painful, but if I delay it and you think you're doing it right, and then later it doesn't work, it's going to be more painful. Have to have a hard conversation with one of my kids. If I delay it because I run away from it, it's going to be more painful. The principle that, that underlies all of the tools that I'm about to give you is you can avoid pain and grow. Tell me one thing in your life that was worth it that didn't bring pain. The answer is zero. And so as you lean into change, there will be pain. It will be hard. If you're going to save your marriage, it will be painful. If you're going to get divorced, it will be painful. If you need to change how you parent, it will be painful. If you don't change how you parent, how you parent, it'll probably still be painful. If you want to go back to school, it'll be painful. If you don't go back to school and you want to and you stay in a job that you hate, it'll be painful. Whatever you do, you can avoid pain. So the principle is to pick the pain that brings the most growth. Pick the pain that brings the most growth. Pick the pain that helps you change. Uh, I used to hear a guy say all the time that all growth is change and all change is loss. And I added to it and all loss should be grieved. But if you're trying to avoid the pain, it's not going to work. If I don't want to go through the pain of disciplining myself to eat healthy, to make it to the gym regularly, or in a time of COVID, my basement regularly, I'm going to have pain. If I want to avoid that pain, I can. But then I'm going to have other pain because my body's going to break down sooner. You get to pick, but life involves pain. Now, there will be moments that are pain-free. There will be times that are relatively pain-free, but we don't get to avoid pain. And the pursuit of a pain-free life usually leads to bad things. It usually leads to addictions. It usually leads to uh, compulsory behaviors. It usually leads to toxic relationships on repeat because we're not willing to pay the pain to get healthy. So this underlying principle that we got to kick off first is what are you doing with pain in your life? This is not a new thought for me. I talk about it a lot, but what are you doing with pain in your life? I'm doing a lot of business consulting and I talk to the uh, management about like, hey, what is your removal process for people that aren't healthy, for people that not only aren't healthy, but don't want to get healthy, that they are creating toxicity in your company. And there's very rarely a pan plan. There's a very interesting book that I think everyone should read called Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. I've talked about him before. I may even have talked about that book before. I I've got to be honest, there's enough episodes that I don't remember everything that I've talked about. Uh, but he talks about things die naturally. There is a life cycle to things and, and we need to have a plan to remove the, the toxic things out of our lives and our companies. And, and so today, I, I want to make sure that you really get this. And so I'm spending some time on it. There is no path forward without pain for, for everybody except toddlers. And even that's painful, right? Because they go from all of their needs being taken care of for them you know, when they're dirty, they get clean. Uh, they get cleaned. When they're hungry, they get fed. Maybe not on their schedule, but as they grow older and they get responsibility, with that comes pain. 
If you want to ruin a, a six-year-old's life, tell them they have to go to bed. Uh, or, or tell them they have to take a shower before they go to bed, which means they have to stop whatever it is they're doing. There's pain there, which seems silly. But when you look at adults and how we tend to react to pain, our, our reactions are not very different often. Often our reactions are actually pretty similar, unfortunately. And, and so we have to accept that there is pain going forward. So if your mother-in-law is causing you to rethink your plans, I see I have to stop there because I don't like causing. I, I don't like it when I say things, you know, someone else is causing me. If your mother-in-law's behaviors have caused you to stop and start to rethink your holiday visitation plans, or if you feel that your holiday visitation plans are not regenerating you because there's so much energy taken away because of your husband's brother's children or your wife's sister's children or your cousin's children because you have a very big family and they all come together, whatever it is. Well, I don't want pain is probably the worst reason to make a decision or to not make a decision. No matter what you do, there's going to be pain there. The question is, which pain is going to bring you the most health? Which pain is going to bring you the most growth? You have to, you have to ask yourself that question, and then you can move forward and utilize these toolboxes, this tool, these tools in your toolbox that I'm about to talk about. Imagine if I could talk. It's not like I do it for a living. All right. So the first tool that you need is you need to examine and adjust your mindset accordingly. You have to examine and adjust your mindset accordingly. So one of the tools that we have is we have our own mindset. I was talking to my wife about my belief that commitment creates capability. I've done a podcast on that. I've done a YouTube video on that. I've done a TikTok on that. Uh, I talk to people about that all the time. I tell my clients about that all the time. I tell my business clients about that all the time. It's not what you're capable of. Most people don't achieve not because they're incapable, but because they lack commitment. And my wife was like, I agree, but I think mindset's more important. I'm like, I don't disagree that mindset's important. I think it's a little bit like a quarter. Which side are you looking at? And so today we're going to talk about mindset. Your mindset drives everything. Your mindset drives everything. You, like, so, so one of the things that her and I were talking about is people in the room will be like, okay, I want to I change. And they want to change physical things without changing their mindset, so they struggle. But the problem is they don't make the commitment to their new mindset. So you have to have commitment first, which we've talked about in the past. Today, you have to adjust your mindset. You have to look at it and say, what was my mindset going into this event? What was my mindset going into this arena? What was my mindset about being a parent? What was my mindset about being a business owner? I've brought this up before and I'll, I'll continue to bring it up. I think because I'm getting old and grumpy maybe. I don't know. But I'm just bothered by people who act like business owners just fell into it. First of all, the data doesn't reveal that. Like when you look at the data, most business owners in America didn't inherit it from their parents. But somebody, even if they did inherit it, did the work. And most of the time we are bothered because they have something that we don't. That's a bad mindset that we would need to adjust. I made a TikTok yesterday about uh, how do you pick your friends? Everybody tells me they pick their friends based on who they can go talk to when times are rough. Well, these are my friends because when my life is hard, I can go talk to them. Oh, cool. 
Who do you have in your life that you can go talk to when something good happens? When you when you get that bonus at work, when you buy a new car, and sometimes they're the same people, often they're not. And your mindset needs to shift from, I need people who tell me advice and whatnot, to I also need people who help me celebrate. Your mindset needs to shift. Or, well, I have a hopeless mindset. I run into this a lot with people. They're just hopeless that change can happen. And change won't happen until they change their mindset that it could happen. What's your mindset regarding friends? Do you expect everyone to like you? Then you're going to be disappointed quite a bit. If you expect life to be fair, you're going to be angry a lot. And you probably won't get over that anger until you change your mindset. Here's one we talk, I talk about a lot with people. What's your mindset about forgiveness? Your ex-husband's a jerk? Your ex-wife is unreasonable? Okay. My three favorite questions. So what? So what does that mean? Because you have to change your mindset. Well, no, I don't. I have to. Uh, he's, he's unreasonable or she's unreasonable. I don't remember which one I did now. Or he's a jerk. Yeah, I'm not arguing that. My question is, what's your mindset about how you have to respond to it? People get in trouble because their mindset is, well, because he's a jerk, I, I can just talk however I want about him. Or because she's unreasonable, I can just talk however I want about her. No, the problem with that is it, it makes you look like somebody you don't want to be and perhaps makes you someone you don't want to be because you failed to change your mindset. If you expect life to be easy, you're probably not going to do a whole lot in life. You're going to have to change that mindset. This is one of the reasons I love asking people, do you believe life is hard? Yes. Do you believe that life is hard because it's supposed to be hard? And I'll get a lot of pushback on that. So I'll say, okay, so what you're saying is, is you believe that life is supposed to be easy. Well, no. And then my favorite answer is, well, life is just whatever you make of it. Okay. I don't disagree with that, but that's a few steps down because by saying that you're actually saying life is hard, but it's what you make of it that moves you forward. But that's a mindset. That's a mindset position. And if you're going to be healthy, you have to examine and look at your mindset so, or adjust your mindset. So let's look at this. What does it mean to examine your mindset? You have to ask yourself some questions. What do I expect to be happening in this? Why do I expect it to be happening? Why, why is this reaction in me? Whatever this reaction is, why is it going on? What's going on inside of me? So if my wife says to me, hey, I think you did this wrong and I get angry, I need to ask myself, what was my mindset about that situation? Why would I get angry at her telling me I think I'm wrong? Or when you want to delete someone because they have a different political view than you, what's your mindset? I think one of the, look, and I, if you've listened to this for any amount of time, you know I am pro-technology. Uh, but if it, one of the things that I think is a negative about our current technology situation is We've gotten used to deleting people that we don't like. I don't like it. Delete. We're, we're no longer friends on Facebook. Or I'm just going to walk away from Facebook. Okay, why? Well, because, because there's just too many arguments on it. Oh, okay. So in real life, then you're going to surround yourself with people who disagree with you to help sharpen your thoughts, right? Well, yeah, of course I am. But rarely does that happen. Now, look, the other side of that is with social media, We've gotten very used to being able to say whatever we want and just pretending uh, that, that nobody can push back on us. That anybody who pushes back, we can just end the conversation. And we have to put, use that word very loosely. We, we have to end the conversation with, well, I, I just don't want to talk about it. This is what I believe. And if you don't like it, you know, go scroll on somebody else's page. Oh, okay. 
to really be able to examine your mindset, you have to ask yourself two why questions. You have to ask yourself, what, why, why? What did I do? Why did I do it? And then why did I feel whatever, why did I believe or feel whatever the answer was to that first why? So, random dad wants his five-year-old to come talk to him because she threw an orange through the house. Uh, I'm making this up, so that's why I had to pause there for a second. Random dad wants five-year-old to come talk to him because she throws an orange through the house. He says, hey, come here. She says no one runs away, so he yells. Okay, what did he do? He yelled. Why did he yell? Well, because I'm frustrated. Okay, why are you frustrated? Because she isn't obeying. Okay, what does that mean? Well, that means she's not listening, right? You said that. What does it mean that she's not listening? Well, she's not obeying my authority. Okay, why does that matter? Because I'm the dad. Okay, you can run that out. Great, perfect. It Could it be also that you feel like you're afraid if she doesn't listen to you about coming to talk to you at five that she's going to be a 25-year-old that is a drain on society and somehow that's going to mean you screwed her up as a parent? Almost every time when I do a conversation like that in the room, that's where they come back. Their mindset is fear-based that they are afraid they're going to mess their kids up so when it doesn't go the way they want it to, they blow it up. Or they go the other way and their kids just get their kids get completely accommodated about everything. I don't think you have to look very far in society to see that that's a problem. Right? So I'll have parents come in and, and there will be an argument. I literally just had this happen within the last 10 days. There's an argument. I'm going to have to change the details a little bit. Uh, uh, mom, mom, dad wants seven-year-old to set the table. Mom doesn't think it's a big deal. In fact, mom goes behind seven-year-old and does it because seven-year-old doesn't learn, doesn't do it the right way anyhow. This is actually pretty close to something I hear on the right, on somewhat of the regular. Well, dad's upset because he's afraid mom's going to ruin her because mom's gone behind seven-year-old. Mom's upset because she's afraid dad's going to ruin her because dad's like, hey, you got to get this done. And he's yelling and it's over food. And then she's going to grow up. She's going to have a food issue. And then she's going to have like a house cleaning issue. And she thinks her worth's only going to come from how clean the table is. And, And instead of involving themselves in a conversation... They don't because their mindset says we're afraid that we're going to screw our kids up and fights are always bad. So they avoid the argument. They avoid the discussion and they rob themselves of growth. So so you have to examine your mindset. Now, psychologists tend to talk about a closed or open mindset. You can Google that and get all the information you want or you can whatever search engine you use that for. I want to know, do you have a learning mindset? Does your mindset say, once I let the initial negative emotion of change wash over me, once I let the initial negative emotion of fear wash over me, I will then engage in some level of growth. I will look for where are the opportunities for growth. So I've had people say to me, hey, you did this, or I was offended by this. And and I have to step back and say, okay, wait, that wasn't what I was trying to do. How did I do that? How do I not do it again? When I'm there, I have a learning mindset. When I'm like, well, that's just your problem. That's a non-learning mindset, a fixed mindset. Now, I want to be clear. I don't want a mindset that just takes in everything I'm told without examining it first. I don't want a mindset where if somebody says you did this wrong, I'm just like, oh, okay. What I want to know is I want to ask them the two whys. Okay, well, tell me why I did it wrong. Why, Why do you think that? Or, hey, you didn't do this the correct way. Okay, that sounds a lot like I'm saying I didn't do it right, but okay, talk to me. Or, hey, I didn't like what you had to say. Okay, awesome. Tell me what you didn't like about it. And sometimes 
I have to live. Now, here's a mindset statement. I have to live in this tension and the stress of I actually didn't say anything wrong. They just didn't want to hear it. And in our society, we tend to have a collective mindset. Well, if the person doesn't want to hear it, you shouldn't say it. And to some extent, I I don't know if I would go with the should, but there's been a conversation that I had recently. Somebody was telling me something as fact about a field that they've never worked in. I have worked in that field. And I finally was just like, okay, you're right. Or I was like, okay, well, hey, I think what I actually said, because I wouldn't want to say you're right. That's a lie. I got to think. I think I actually said, okay, well, thank you for sharing that with me. And I walked away. Recently, I had another conversation with somebody where I disagreed. And I actually kind of pushed it to like, no, I know I'm right because I worked in this field. And to be honest with you, now I wish I hadn't. I wish I had just gone with the, oh yeah, hey, thanks for sharing that. Or something along those lines. One of one of my mindsets is I don't want to lie. So I, I don't want to say, oh, you're right. Because if they're not, or I don't believe they're right. Or, you know, I can see your perspective. Sometimes I'll say that because that is a skill that I want to develop. I do want to see their, their perspective. So the first tool is examine your mindset by asking yourself questions about why the what happened and then why that why happened. And you might go through that process a couple of times. You might have a couple what's and why's and that's okay. But then as you get down into your mindset, you have to make adjustments accordingly. So one of the things I talked to, like I was working with a parent one time who had a 16 year old and the 16 year old was a 16 year old. They did silly stuff, silly things, said stupid things to their parents. And, and, and the question that I always ask is, what do you expect to happen when you're raising a 16 year old? I love all of my kids. They're all very different. I love them all. They all do things that I'm like, what in the world are you doing? And most of the time, I hope they would verify this. Most of the time, I, 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 certainly I, I want to address it. If I need to discipline it, so be it. But most of the time, it's not personal. If I tell my daughter, clean off the kitchen table and she doesn't, I don't actually see that as personal. I see it as her being 16 and she needs addressed but she's 16. Or if my eight-year-old keeps playing with the doggone heater and I'm like, Joey, stop playing with the heater. And he keeps playing with the heater. That's not personal. That's him being eight. Yes, we need to address it. We need to talk about obedience. We need to talk about parent-child relationships. We need to talk about proper ways to interact. We need to talk about emotional intelligence probably, but it's not personal. That's a mindset. So many parents take their child's disobedience as a mindset and we need learning mindsets And then we need mindsets filled with empathy. The second tool is we need to fill our life with quality people only. Guard your time. I've talked about this in the past. Intentional friendships. Ending relationships that are toxic. uh, Putting relationships that are toxic into a safer zone. Moving them further out the circles. Guard your time. Fill your life with quality people only. In our society, this can be offensive because people are like, well, what are you saying? If you don't let me in your life, you're not quality. I'm not quality. Maybe I'm saying that or maybe I'm saying my time is full. This is why it's not either or, it's both in. Maybe I'm saying my time is full and I don't have any more time to give you. I don't have any more time to give you to say, okay, here you go. Uh, Here's some time for me that I just don't have. And so you need to fill your life with people who have open mindsets. You need to fill your time with people who have learning mindsets. You need to fill your time with people who are doing quality things. If you fill your life and your time with people who are wasting their time, you will waste your time. 
If you fill your life with people who complain and moan and groan about everything, you will become a person who complains and moans and groans about everything. If you fill your life with people who are like, it can't be done is their first thought, you will become a person who says it can't be done as your first thought. If you fill your life with people who are like, well, it's good enough, you'll become a person who's like, well, it's good enough. I was talking to somebody, uh, one of my colleagues, I was like, I just, I, no one will outwork me, period. No one will outwork me, period. That's a mindset. But I don't let people in my life who are willing to let other people outwork them. I, like, I, and, and to some level, I have to let them in my life because I work with, they work for me. But I don't let them influence my life. I make sure I understand which way the relationship goes. Right? One of the things that people talk about is, well, uh, you know, my counselor, I feel like my counselor is my friend. And I'm like, that means you have a good counselor. But unless your counselor is bringing you their problems, they're not, you're not their friend, they're your counselor. It can feel like they're your friend, but really they're your counselor. And that's good. That, that's a healthy way. That's a filling your life with a quality person to help you move forward, whatever the counselor's skill set is. There are people that I meticulously choose to make sure I interact with regularly. There are other people that I limit my interaction with. There are people that, that, that I'm related to that I limit my interaction with. Because that's healthy. Guard your time. Now, I've talked about this in the past, so it's not going to get as much time as, as, mind, as, as understanding your mindset. But I do want to make sure you guard your time. If you don't guard your time... You're going to run into issues of growth. And and so you'll see how you have to have the right mindset first before you can decide how you're filling your life with people, the quality of the people that you're filling your life with, and the time that you're devoting to those people. So for instance, I love to read. I devote a lot of time to reading. In fact, last night I was laying in bed, I was thinking about all the books that I want to read right now, and there's just not enough time to read them all. I don't know what to do. I've been having a fun conversation with friends of mine about off and on about how I, I check into the author's worldview when I'm reading nonfiction, even sometimes when I'm reading fiction. I, I want to be able to articulate their worldview by about a third of the way through the book. Often, I will still read the book if I disagree with the worldview. But I need to know that worldview because I need to know how much I need to guard the time that I'm putting into something, the energy that I'm putting into something. You only get so much time, so much energy, and so many people waste it arguing with people on social media or arguing with people in real life or watching TV, streaming TV shows. Now look, I got nothing against that. Last night, I was hustling to get home because I wanted to watch a TV show with my daughter. It was fun. It wasn't the best written episode, but you know, whatever. There's nothing wrong with, with having time that is, is used for recreational activities. There certainly have been generations in the past that got that wrong, I think. But how much of your time are you just spending unintentionally? How much of your energy are you pouring into chasing a friendship that is toxic? How much of your, friend, how much of your time are you pouring into chasing a friendship because you think you'll be validated when the popular girl, and yes, ladies, I'm talking to you as adults, when the popular girl likes you. 
How much energy are you pouring into chasing a relationship when the popular guy says, hey, come do this activity with me, dude. And now you'll be validated. You won't be validated. You're not guarding your time. Your mindset needs to shift about where your value comes from. And then you can guard your time. Your mind shift needs to happen. Your mindset needs to shift from I'm valuable whether or not the cool girl invites me over to tell me why she's cool. I'm valuable regardless of whether or not I ever go do that activity with that group of guys. And I'm not going to pour energy into a relationship with someone who doesn't want to have a relationship with me. That's okay. Like it's literally okay. Okay, so the first thing is we need to examine and adjust our mindset accordingly. Then the second thing is, is we need to just fill our lives with only quality people and we need to guard our time. That's all one. The third step is be kind. Just live in kindness. Now here's the thing. And this, this is why we end with, with, with practicing kindness or being kind. You cannot have boundaries You cannot shift your mindset, adjust your mindset, and fill your life with only quality people without being kind. And and that sounds almost contradictory, right? Because in our society, we we have conflated the definitions of niceness and kindness. We think that kindness and niceness is the same thing, and they're not. Niceness is concerned with only you not being offended. That's it. I just don't want you to be offended. Hey, you did this and it, it wasn't helpful. Well, that might offend them, so I don't tell them that. Okay, so, so that's niceness and that's okay. You can live there, but it's not the same thing as kindness. Kindness is calling the other person to be their best. Kindness is giving up part of yourself, part of your own comfort, part of your own uh, uh, happiness to say to, to risk all of that and to say to someone, hey, I see this and and I'm hoping that you can do better. Now, yes, it is nice and kind to say, hey, have a great weekend. Or, wow, I really appreciate what you did there. That was a good job. Thank you. And and I don't see too many people, certainly there are people that struggle with that, like just telling people nice things. But kindness goes beyond that to, hey, I want you to be the best version of you that you can be. And this is why this comes last, because if you have quality people in your life, they're going to want to hear that. They might not agree with you, but that's okay. That's what makes it kindness. That you're going to say it and they might be like, oh, hey, and then they're going to listen and they're going to hear and they're going to actively listen. And the two of you are going to come to an understanding and then they're going to say, I really appreciate you taking the time. Something they, I don't know if they're going to say this, but I appreciate you taking the time to tell me that. I just disagree. And then you're both going to move on and it will be good. It will be healthy. Kindness is not telling people that they did good when they didn't put any effort into something. I've watched this as a coaching phenomenon, especially with like pay to play sports where parents feel like they get, they should get more say, uh, in, in what, what their coaches tell their kids. Well, you hurt little Johnny's feelings because you told him he couldn't play. Well, maybe little Johnny isn't very good because he doesn't practice much. Oh, that's not true. I see him practice in the backyard. Okay. His skill set isn't where it needs to be to play as much as he would like. Well, that hurts his feelings. Yes, but it's kindness because it calls him to be better. 
It calls him to work harder. It calls him to wring every ounce of benefit out of his natural talent and to grow some. That's actually kindness. Hey, you can't say that to someone. Well, that might hurt their feelings. Yeah, it might. But it might also be the linchpin that unravels the growth in their life that they so desperately want. I was talking to a guy who who was telling me about how he had kind of slid through most of his academic career until he ran into a professor who was like, I don't know how you got to this point, but you need to do better and you need to figure it out. And he was crazy mad. I was hearing the story 10 years later. Crazy mad 10 years later. I'm like, it sounds like you're spoiled and she called you out on it. Well, she could have done it more nicely. Yep, she could have, but she did it kindly. Practicing kindness is, is making sure that you're not intentionally hurting someone, but it's being willing to risk someone being upset with you for their betterment. So, right, the uh, ex-husband that is uh, whatever I said about him, you can still be kind to him and call him to be better. The ex-wife that I think I said she was unreasonable. What? Oh, he's a jerk. The ex-husband that's a jerk. You can still be kind to him and call him to not be a jerk. The ex-wife that's unreasonable, you can still be kind to her and call her to be more reasonable. The, the, the child that is not listening to you, you can still call them to obedience. You can still call them to listen and be kind. I talk, I was talking to a, to a parent just this week and I said, you know, my biggest beef with how most of us do consequences, even myself when I'm off the rails, is it trains people to make decisions based on consequences, not on principles. And I want my kids to make decisions based on principles. I can process through that with kindness and still be a little hurt over, man, I screwed that up. I can have my eight-year-old called me out one time, just recently. I yelled at him for something that was not his fault and he called me out on it. He said, I understand you're frustrated. I just want to point this out. He's eight and I want to just point through this conversation. I understand you're frustrated. That's him showing empathy. However, you don't need to yell at me. There's him addressing the behavior. I am two feet from you. Here's him explaining the why behind the what. And I don't think that you yelling me is going to help us get unstuck. And I don't like being yelled at. That's him expressing his feelings. And he's eight. It terrifies me a little bit. And a little bit, I'm obviously a proud dad. He called me out on my behavior. He acknowledged my feelings, called me out on my behavior, and called me to better behavior. That is kindness. Kindness is not letting people just do whatever they want, especially if doing whatever they want is bringing them destruction. If doing whatever they want is bringing them unhealth, is bringing them disease and addiction and toxicity. Kindness is calling them to move out of that. So saying, I'll walk next to you if you need me to, but we've got to get you out of this behavior. We've got to move this mindset. Wait a second, Joe. You said to just fill my life with quality people. Yep. And so here's how I look at this. There are people, there are multiple people that I I am involved in with a mentoring relationship. Two of them are my mentors. The rest, I mentor. So the two that are my mentors, I go to. Now, one of them has been a mentor of mine for a long time, and it's, it's become like a, a dual mentorship. But the ones that I'm mentoring, when I have issues, I don't go to them. 
because I'm calling them out. But even that, I limit. If somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to meet with you. Okay, why? And that's actually kindness. Because I might not be able to give them what they want, and I would rather tell them that up front than waste their time or my time. Because I don't know that I'm going to be, I'm going to, I don't know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I hope that I do, but I don't know that I will. And I want to wring every minute that I can out of today. Hey, can we go to dinner? Maybe. I don't know. Let's talk about it for a minute. Joe, that's me. No, that's kindness. That's literally kindness. Because I'm not going to string them along. Kindness is drawing boundaries. It's telling a manipulator that you won't interact with them until they stop manipulating. Kindness is telling a toxic person, I have to limit my interactions with you until you're willing to not be toxic. I understand that your behaviors are are probably protecting you from something and I don't even need to know what it is. I just know that you, you and I, we're toxic right now and you're hurting me and you're bringing toxicity into my life and I need to end that or I need to limit it. That's kindness. Don't get it twisted. Kindness is not letting people do and be whoever and whatever they want to be. That's apathy. And apathy is the opposite of love. Hate is not the opposite of love. Apathy is. All right, three principles. Well, one principle, three tools. The principle, there's no way forward without pain. If you listen all the way to this point, when if you think about what, I, what I'm actually suggesting is practicing kindness, you're going to see what I mean by that. There's no way to be consistently kind and not experience some level of pain. There just isn't. So we, we have to accept that most of us, there isn't a path forward without pain. In fact, all change probably will bring pain. Then the three tools. Examine and adjust your mindset. Do you have a learning mindset? Do you have an open mindset? Do you have a mindset that you can examine and change as needed to, to, to be more real? In other words, you don't change it to fit the situation. You change it when you realize, Oh, my mindset here is not helping me experience growth. It's not helping me live my life the way that I want to live it. And so I need to adjust my mindset before I can experience that change that I'm looking for. Fill your life with only quality people and guard your time. Those are, it's not either or, that's a both and. Who are you devoting your energy to? What relationships are you pouring your energy into? This is probably the resource in my life that I am the most guarded about, that I give out the least because I want to have enough energy to love my wife well through all the ups and downs of four kids, owning businesses, etc. Then I have four kids that are going to get it. And then I have a few friends that get it because I don't have much more to give because every time I sit in a room with people, there is some energy taken out of me. That's the nature of counseling. So this is probably the energy source that I am the most guarded about. And then lastly, practice kindness. But don't get it twisted. Kindness and niceness are not the same thing. All right, so hopefully this is helpful. If you can take these three principles and apply them to your life, I believe you'll see growth. I believe you'll see health. And I believe that your life will improve and the lives of those around you as they learn them from you will improve. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email, joe at joemartino.com. Please put it in the 
subject headline podcast so that I know that's what it's about. I get a lot of emails a day and I don't typically check my emails. Uh, once I check them in the morning, I don't check them again until either late at night or sometimes I go full 24 hours. So I may or may not respond. I don't know how that'll work. If you have any questions though, shoot me the email and maybe we'll be able to address it on the show or I can drop you an email back and we can talk about it. Uh, we are still working on a host of things. We're really right now, anything that we're doing um, uh, moving outward, we're just waiting to kind of understand what's going to happen with the government and regulations and COVID and all of that and what best practices are so that we can disseminate this information and uh, follow those, those guidelines so that everyone is comfortable and able to learn and is safe. I want you to know I appreciate you. If you found value in this, please share it with your friends. Share it via social media. I uh, can't tell you how much that means to me when, when people do that. Uh, it's the best form of advertising that we have. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.